Welcome to another episode of Mitch Media. This is Mitch Kiernan alongside with Brett Maloney again for a second time. He was so good the first time I had to bring it back just for maybe another podcast, and here he is. Uh, we got a lot to get to in a little time. We got the Boston Celtics, we got the Patriots, and we got the Red Sox. A nice New England, New England session going on today as both of us are from the New England area. We just have to rave about our home teams or maybe slander them. We'll see. Uh, first, though, we're going to start with the Boston Celtics. As the last 10 games, they've only seen about three wins as against the Raptors, Hawks, and Nuggets. Uh, as this team has been on a slide going down, they are now behind Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and Toronto in their own division. And just so happens that they might be looking at a 7th or 8th seed the way they're playing. Um, the trade deadline is coming up, and I wanted to mention some names to Brett Maloney about who should the Celtics get, what do they need to do. But first, let's just talk o- our general overview of the Celtics. Brett, how do you feel about them right now? Um, jeez. I'll use the word optimistic because the way I look at it is smart, Tatum, Brown, Kemba have played a total of <clears throat> excuse me have played a total of twenty eight minutes together. In they've now played what thirty two games. So you think about that, the biggest the biggest concern you could say is health. But it just it goes deeper than that. Like there's just so many underlying issues that have gone on, and like you don't really want to use the excuse of them playing late into the season into October or whatever it was. and But, like, I mean, it's kind of true. Like, you look at the Nuggets who played late, you look at the Heat. The Lakers are, like, the rare exception, but even they're now on a three-game losing streak. So I think the Celtics are kind of just, like, dragging themselves towards the end of this first half and, like, needing, needing, needing this all-star break so bad. But... Come like the second half of the season, I think they have like the chance to really turn it around. So, I'd 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 say it's honestly it's been a disappointment as we all know. However, um, looking into the season, you know we talked about this before, Brett, that Kemba Walker wasn't really supposed to be playing right now. He was supposed to be resting because that knee transplant he got um, in the summer, um, and then you come into the season bringing him back early, and you can just tell he does not look like the same Kemba Walker. Whenever he has, you know, guys like Trey Young covering him, he, he looks like a star um, in that win against the Hawks last week. But any any good defense he faces, uh, he he looks crushed and crumbled. Uh, Tatum and Brown can only do so much, and then when they need a breather and you have to bring guys in, you know, there's just there's no spark off the bench. Carson Edwards doesn't provide it because he doesn't really get the chance. Grant Grant Williams, I mean, he, Brad really tries to use him as a three and D kind of guy, but he also is struggling. Um, hell, Tremont Waters played last night because they 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 were out of the they game. Were down, they were down that bad. They're just looking for something, and then Brad Stevens can't find it. So now he's throwing all these random lineups out, and we talked about this. They, they're they going to have to get someone because the problem is going to be resolved from the inside. My, my biggest thing, like, when talking about the Celtics is 
like as you said, it's just it's the rotations, man. Like I'm sick of watching I'm sick of watching Carson play twenty nine minutes in the game against the Clippers and Brad comes out and tells him or tells the media exactly that like we don't win this game without him and then four days later he's a do not play by coach's decision. Like how are you supposed to build any sort of rhythm and momentum playing like that? And I know you're not like a star or anything. You're a role player. But like in that sense, if you're literally saying that this guy helped you win a meaningful game, especially in a comeback against them, like how are you just going to bench him the next two day, the next two games? And like the same thing goes with Grant. Like we saw the role he played guarding Bam in the Eastern Conference Finals. He was our best option going against them. And I know he's really struggled on the defensive end this year. He's kind of just looked lost. But, like, clearly something is there. Like, you can't like you can't just, like, give up on that. And, like, the only guys on the bench who are getting consistent minutes is Peyton, which is, like, well-deserved and should get those minutes that he, that he plays. Um, Robert Williams gets them, but even he has like the short leash, dude. Like he gets a block and a dunk and then like he gets beat on like a backdoor cut. And the next thing you know, freaking Tice is walking right back to the score table to take him out just because he got beat once. Like the only way these guys are going to learn is if they actually play in meaningful minutes and you can't just let them go out there for a short, like two minutes stint and then just send them right back to the bench. So if we had to be the voice of reason for the Celtics right now, things are looking doom and gloom right now as the Celtics are on a three-game losing streak. However, I will say, as you did point out, Hayden Pritchard seems to be not the guy everyone thought he was draft night. Draft night, everyone's kind of mocking him. Like, oh, man, here we go. Danny Ainge getting another guard, even though we have so many in the system already. But he actually provides really good minutes. And you know what? Robert Williams, as of lately, has been coming along very nicely. They've, they've actually built like a nice like connection over like, the last, like, two weeks or so, like, you've seen, like, not even just, like, with Peyton, but, like, kind of with everyone, they realize, like, the skill set that, like, Rob brings, which is, like, an above-the-rim type of big, and you've seen it now where, like, we see it with other teams, like, last night, like, with when they're playing the Hawks with Capella, all you got to do, man, is throw it above the rim, and the guy's going to go get it, so, like, use that skill set to your advantage. You don't have to take these crazy shots, drive the lane and just flip it up like the guy's going to jump up and throw it down. And that's the thing. I, I'm, I'm glad we're touching on Robert Williams right now because he, if if he plays like I think you and me both know how he should play, he is a perfect center in the league. High he's energy, living, yeah, rim runner. modern day NBA center, which is a rim running shot blocking big. And that's all you need. And obviously Peyton Pritchard is a nice swing man who can – you can, you can throw him out on the toughest guy and make him work for it, or you can have him come in, hit a three, get some ball movement, a team player. And what's what's stopping Brad from saying, hey, Kemba, let's just take it easy for a second, all right? Let's get you healthy because we're going we're, we're going to make the playoffs, all right? We're not missing the playoffs. We're going to need you in the playoffs. So get healthy, let Pritchard come in, and let Robin Williams also come in, have those guys get more minutes and touches. What's stopping them from saying that? The $32 million that they gave Kemba, I guess? I, I Honestly, if you look at it, that's just a terrible way of looking at it because we see in all in other sports, you know, pitchers in the MLB or quarterbacks in the NFL who get benched or, you know, sit down. I mean, they 
their managers have the balls to pull them. I, I just don't see why the Celtics won't do the same. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like it's kind of like they're trying to build Kemba up, which is fine. Like ramping up the minutes, which we've seen, and like I'm totally okay with him not playing back to backs as long as you pick the correct game for him to play. I mean, they did that the other night. Like he should have played against the Man uh, the Mavericks and not the Hawks, which is fine. But yeah, I think you're right. Like we saw three games ago now, the game where they blew. 24 point lead to the Pelicans like you know Kemba's just not like there he's one of 12 from three and what like two of like 16 overall like in that sense what makes you think that in the overtime setting that something's just gonna magically flip the switch and he's gonna end up going like five for five and winning the game and mind you it's not even like he's gonna He's gonna provide you like this crazy defensive spark too. Like he's kind of just like there, like through the motions. And it's not like he like doesn't try. Like he really, he really gives like a lot of effort on the defensive end. And he's just too small. And, yeah, and he's gonna draw charges and stuff on the defensive end. But especially in a game against the Pelicans, they were running their backcourt of Lonzo and Josh Hart. Both those guys are six six. Kemba's barely six foot. Like the. The difference is just so large there, so like it's, he's not going to really help you in that situation. So we we talk about the Celtics needing help, and Brett, I actually came up with some names, and I need you to tell me: Would you trade for them, and who would you give up to get them? And these are some guys that are on expiring contracts, or maybe just lost causes for their oh boy. Oh boy. specific team. And the first name I'll throw out there is Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier is an expiring contract who can shoot the ball, also can drive. He's not really a defensive guy, but when Marcus Smart comes back, that's what fills that gap for the defensive slot. But as a shot-making guard, would you go out and trade for him? And what would you give up? Sure. Um, I think Fournier on this team specifically could have the same – Maybe not the same, but a similar-sized impact to what Jordan Clarkson brings to the Jazz. I don't think that we would need to start Fournier, but to have him kind of come off the bench and just run wild with the green light, and, like, you know he's, like, a knockdown shooter. So, like, if you put him in that role, he could have have a nice run with us. I mean, and then who knows where you go from there. As for what I would give up, um, I think my answer for every question might be Daniel Tice. You really don't like Tice, huh? No. Well, let me let me put it like this. Say the Celtics do grab him, right? And for what we grab him for is unknown, let's just say. Would you consider putting him in the shooting guard starting slot and have Jalen Brown play small forward and Tatum play power forward? Or would you just have Evan Fournay specifically come in as a six-man kind of guy? And just bring life off the bench. Um. See that that's like that's tricky because like yeah he easily fits that role. Either one actually the starting or the or the six man role. And to be honest, like I'm such a huge fan of like when Smart's healthy of him coming off the bench. 
But I feel like now, like we need him to start because the defend the defense is just so poor. Ideally, like in the world, you know me and like my affectionness for Romeo Langford, if he could maybe get that wrist healthy. Damn, like, start him at the two, bro, and let him and Kemba play together and then have Smart and run out Smart, Pritchard, and Fournier, dude, off the bench as, like, a three, three-headed monster. So here's It's not like Romeo's got to finish the game, dude. Like, you know Smart's going to finish the damn game. But it's kind of just, you know when he comes off that bench what he's going to bring to you. So I, 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 I completely forgot about Romeo. He, how is he going to find minutes? I mean, you have... He better find minutes. Because Grant Williams doesn't... Well, we just said, and even last week's episode, these guys don't get consistent minutes. I mean, the amount of guys we have on the roster is ridiculous, and we just don't seem to have the audacity to find minutes for these guys. And now, I'm I'm at the position now where you have all these assets. I don't even know if you call them assets anymore. You have all these guys, and I just think you need to start moving pieces around and get established players in the league. So guys like Evan Fournier, I would completely give up for. Uh, I would too. For. I would too. And like, for me, like obviously, no one's gonna take no one's gonna take Kemba's deal. No, especially now during the season. Yeah, especially with that knee. That's yeah, going no to be shot. a problem in the no future. Shot. No, he's our we're not, we're not moving smart, regardless of what his contract looks like, and I think everyone should know that and expect that. Tatum and Brown, obviously untouchables, and, and everyone else is on the board. And I don't think you move Robert Williams, or I don't think they would move Pritchard. See, I think I think they do. I think Danny Pritchard? Danny Age is. Hell bent on just making the team better. I think he'll touch he'll touch everyone's buttons besides, I'd say Brown or Tatum, and I'd say Kemba too. But like even Smart, I think so as well. If it gets him a piece, because uh, that brings me to the next uh, next person I want to bring up. Actually, Vucevic. You're telling me, yeah, you I s- would do Vucevic too, obviously, but Vucevic. But the pack is going to be much bigger. You have to give up Tice, say sure. say say Tice, yeah. Smart, and a first. Do you give up? Do you give it up? Um, I would. Uh, I yeah, would. yeah, probably because Vucevic is like an established all star, like caliber guy, thirty years old, I think. But again, like. The thing with me and, like, constructing a roster for this team is, like, you have these two, like, star wings, and wings win championships. Like, it's literally been seen. So, why I don't want to throw another guy in there who's going to, like, take away these shots and, like, you have to run plays for, like, you have to run plays for Vucevic. If you told me, like, a guy like, Capella, who we already mentioned, like the most ideal big. You don't do any, like you don't run anything for him, but he's gonna get his numbers strictly based off offensive rebounds and lobs, and like that's all you really need. I'm not trying to like run a post play through Vucevic. You saw it last year, like with a guy like Cantor. What the hell did he do besides you threw it to him on the block? Well, here the reason why I say Vucevic would actually be great for us is because he's not necessarily a guy that I mean he can definitely go on the block. I mean I'm not saying he can't. No, yeah, and he's but so skilled. He's lethal outside, and you can dribble handoff, get Kemba some maybe 
more good looks. It kind of makes spaces the floor better for Tatum and Brown to slash, especially Brown. I think Busevich is actually would be a good pickup. However, the package for him would obviously be be bigger you know, than Fournier. Just losing losing Smart, dude, is a killer. And I know it's like, oh, but Busevich is an all star. But like, just like watching every Celtics game, it's like everything that comes with Smart, dude, is so much more than what that box score tells you. Ready for this next one? Yes. Thad Young. I know how much you... I know you have a ton of Thad Young stock. <laughs> yeah. Um, to the moon with that. I I would take it as a small ball five. Yeah, I would take it. He... Honestly, like, you could kind of use him, dude, as, like, the initiator of the offense. Like, you throw him at the top of the key. And then you just let the other guys kind of run wild around and find each other to get open because it's not like he's going to be demanding shots. So, right, so right, I would take it. Thaddeus Young is the unsung hero in Chicago right now. They're, I think, what, a uh, game or two, a game and a half out away from the eighth seed? I think they are the eighth seed now. So what's, the what's stopping them from saying, nah, we're going to hold on to them? So then you're the Celtics – and I'm, you're the Celtics, and I'm calling you. I'm saying, well, guess what? I'm in the playoffs. I'm right now. I'm looking at it. I'm in the playoffs. What do you got to offer me? And I tell you, Brett, I want Romeo, a first. Yeah, Romeo first and a pick swap for Thad Young. Is it too they, high? They offer that to the Celtics. Yep. If not, I'm hanging yeah, up. I think I tell them to kick rocks. Really? Yeah, that's a lot. Two picks and Rome. Well, hold on. that pick—it's a pick swap. But still, they like, yeah, you control that. But like, I mean, they actually no—they control that. Yeah, what am I saying? They would control that. So, I don't know. I feel like for a guy who's what, like thirty-four years old. Oh no, he's only been a leader in nine years. No, I'm—he's old, dude. I gotta look now. Thaddeus Young. Thirty-two. It's been in the league. Th- that old. It's been in the league thirteen years. Thirteen years. That's why I'm telling him to kick rocks. No oh thanks. man. No thanks. If you told me the trade exception and like, I'll give you like a, the Cantor trade exception. I'll give you semi and I'll give you. Good lord. What am I? What am I going to do with semi if I'm Chicago? Um, Nothing. Just take him off my hands. I probably. I probably say no. He'd be great for us, but I think the asking price would be too much, especially where the Bulls are right now. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Let's let's move on. Free agency, do you pick up DeMarcus Cousins? Yes or no? no? Quickly. No. No? Okay. No, doesn't fit. Malik Beasley, expiring contract. Do you pick him up? Yes. I'd pick him up. Yes. I'm literally like the exact same reasons as Fournier. Just could be like a microwave guy off the bench. He'd actually be the number one guy for the Celtics side target right now. Because he's literally just like Jordan Clarkson. I mean, and damn, younger. Damn, I wish we had Jordan Clarkson. Uh, I know. He's the ideal sixth man <laughs> for anyone in this league. Yeah. I'd pick him a league Beasley in a heartbeat. I like that. Number I haven't even contract. thought about that, dude. I don't even like... When I try and think about like who the hell the Celtics should target... Like, the Timberwolves just never, like, come to mind. I'm just like, they're so bad. I just don't know what the hell they're going to do. Like, are they going to hold on to all these guys and just continuously run it back year in, year out? Or, like, 
are they actually going to decide to make a move? And, like, the team doesn't even have a first-round pick, dude, if they're not in the top three. So, like, they're just... I'd actually give up a lot from Lee Beasley. And that's just me. I, yeah, I think I would, too. And, like, I really hate, like, giving up on, like, the young guys. And, like, I like a lot of them. And, like, especially, like, the age we're at. Like, we've seen them firsthand, like, in college. Like, like I love Carson, man. Like, Grant, like, I saw this dude dominate in college as well. And, like, I saw him play well in the playoffs. Like, I love Romeo's game. Even Neesmith dude's, like, playing better, like, game by game. But, like, when it comes to a guy like that, and especially if it's, like, one of those things where you can trade for him and he's not just going to leave right away and, like, he's like, okay, I'm in a winning situation now. I kind of like this. Like, we can get him to stay. Then, like, then we're talking. Mm -hmm. Like, if I could run out, like, a bench unit, per se, like, with mind you, everyone is healthy. Yep. If I could run out the same thing as Fournier, dude, like smart Pritchard and Beasley, and then you figure out the rest, like you keep Rob Williams in some capacity if he's the starting center or the backup. Like if I can get rid of, if I can offload Tice, and I can have Rob and Tristan Thompson as like my two centers. I know like Thompson hasn't been great, but like. I think he's been formable. Yeah, a, he's been serviceable. Like, he's not been terrible, but he's giving you what he gives you. Like, 8-8 eight and eight is fine. For this team, that's fine. But I think, I don't know, man. Like, people, yeah, I don't want to keep talking about Tice, but like, I just need the guy going. All right, two, two more, and then mm-hmm. we're moving on, okay? Mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker. Absolutely. Absolutely. I 100% would. And I literally think it would cost you the Cantor trade exception and maybe like semi or like a second round pick. Like it's not going to cost much to get that guy here. And I, I would do it in a heartbeat. I think he's a winning player. He fits perfectly. What What does he ask? He literally is going to defend like the hell out of the ball. Defend and hit the corner three. Sit, you in the, sit in the damn corner. And we've seen it. Brad's offense... There are guys who strictly run <laughs> corner to corner, and that is it. That's all I need from P.J. Tucker. Mm-hmm. Lastly, your boy Bradley Beal. Are you the Celtics? Are you, I'm ready. Hear me out, right? You're throwing the kitchen sink out. Danny Ainge like, you know what? I'm going to make this roster significantly better. I want Jason Tatum to stay here for a long time. I'm getting his boy, and I'm tossing in our first-round pick this year, next year, and say – 2024 first round pick and I'm throwing in Romeo whatever you whatever you I can I would throw literally everyone on the roster besides Brown Tatum every single member well, of if the they roster. ask for smart sure sure okay. sure the, you win this league on buckets man and that dude gets buckets okay sure and like as we said like smart's great dude and he does so much but like how the hell do you stop them three on the offensive end? And I know there's only one ball to go around, but like we're seeing it work in other places. So, so actually, Brad, I just got this notification right now. C's have been close on trades. Danny Ainge says Boston has been close on a couple of times on trades ahead of the deadline. Time will tell. So there's going to be something. No, they're going to make a move. There's yeah. going to be something. It's what? And I don't like. I personally don't think that we're going to use the trade exception. 
the Hayward trade exception right now. It's kind of just like such a weird year, and like there's not really a guy that. Uh, there's not fits. a lot of guys that fit the bill for it. Yeah, there's not a guy that really fits what they need and what that price tag comes with. But we have a Cantor trade exception, which is five million dollars, and we have a Poirier trade exception, which is two million dollars. Forgot about that guy. Yeah, rightfully so. So you think that's seven million dollars in freedom that you have to make a move, and then you have this complete log jam mm-hmm. on the wing positions. So, ready? This is this is your podcast. I'm going to ask you this. All right. I want you to rank in order of who you would keep to who like you wouldn't keep on the Celtics bench. On their bench. Yeah, so take out like I know you I know you're keeping Brown Tatum, Smart, Kemba. Probably Rob, right? I'm keeping Rob, yes. Well, depends what I'm getting in return, but I'm keeping Rob. Just like as someone like you want on your team. Okay, yeah, I'm keeping Rob. So then and I'm you all keep Thompson, I assume, right? Yeah, I'm keeping top. I'm, I'm keeping okay. Tristan Thompson. So that leaves you with Tice and all the other young guys. You don't have to list them all, but give me like the top five that you would keep to round out a like nine man rotation. Oh my God. All right. So just all right, Ray. So Tatum, Brown, Smart. Um, Robert Williams. Kemba. Kemba. All right. So that's, that's five. five. Give me five more. Pritchard. Okay. That's the number one. Mm-hmm. I just like his game. Yep. Definitely a team player. I'm sorry, but I'm keeping. You know what? I'm keeping Neesmith just because he's a rookie and he's got a nice contract. Dude, he's shooting the ball better game by game, too. Yeah, and so I he's also getting more aggressive, which I, I love like. The, I like the energy, too. Like, this dude's going for chase down block after chase down block. Like, he's not giving up. He, I, he figured it out. If you like, if you give a crap, you're on my team. I'm sorry. Like, he figured it out, and he figured out what Brad does, dude. Brad rewards guys who play with effort and hustle. All right. And, and then after that, it's kind of like... I, then I guess I'd say Tice. Then Grant, then Carson. I don't. Tremont Waters is useless to me. Taco Falls useless to me. Javante Green's used to me. Useless, I bet. Um, Romeo Langford, just because I haven't really. He doesn't. He's always injured. Yeah, I can't. can't I, I can't see can't what he's healthy. doing. I, no. I'd say he's off as well. Because in this league, you need threes, and he just can't hit one. I would go. I would go. Peyton at one, yeah, I agree. Yep. I I gotta put Roman too, dude. I just I love that guy. I w- I just don't know. No, I know what I'm sucks, getting, and it sucks too because like the sh- the thing that's holding him back. He listen, like he was not really a good defender in college. I don't know if it's just like he just didn't care or what, but like, dude, he was nice last year on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. The thing that holds him back is he can't shoot the damn ball like at all, and he now has a broken wrist, so that just hurts him even more. Uh, I know, but I'm still keeping him. Neesmith, yes, that gives me three. Carson, hell yeah. I mean, 
We're both all aboard. The I don't train. know what stop. We talked about this last night. How come he can't do the same thing? Bresting's can't do the same for Isaiah Thomas as he's doing for Carson. He can't do the same. Exa- he's they're the same player. Yeah, I know. Literally the same player. Keep going. And so that's four, and I would go. I would go Grant. Yeah, at five. And what's great is all these guys are young, so all these guys have movable contracts. All of them. They're all they're all cheap. Pritchard's two million. Uh, Semi's one point seven. Not that it matters because he sucks. <laughs> um, like all these guys, Grant Williams is two million. Robert Williams is two million. Yeah, the biggest out of all of them is, is, is Romeo, right? He's got like three. He's got three. Neesmith has three, and then of course Smart Brown team. I'm yeah, making the most. Yeah. All right, so we spent way too much time on the Celtics, but rightfully so. Um, we're going to get right into the next Boston team, the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots are coming off of a atrocious, not atrocious season, but as to us Patriots fans that have been alive only in the 21st century, all we know is winning. So to us, this is an atrocious season. 7-9 and nine, uh, with the quarterback of Cam Newton, who is now no longer the quarterback, or could be, we don't know yet. Um, we are looking for a quarterback. We are in the market. Carson Wentz is off the market. Matthew Stafford's out of the market. Jared Goff is off the market. Russell Wilson seems to be on the market, but who in the heck knows what's going on in Seattle? Um, I know both me and Brett won Justin Herbert a year ago, and people laughed at us and now look nice. at him. Um, so really, we are in the market for a quarterback, and the ones that seem to be flying around the most in terms of names is Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr. Those are guys that seem to be on the market. We have guys from the draft like Mac Jones and Justin Fields, Brett's boy Kyle Trask. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we also have Cam Newton again back on the market. Um, The Patriots obviously need to to address the quarterback situation. I'm not worried about the defense because we have guys coming back from COVID like Patrick Chung and Hightower and more. Um, the offense, the offensive line seems to be sturdy. All we're missing is the skill position at offense and the quarterback position. Brett, we have our best receiver in Julian Edelman, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, and quarterback, we have no one right now except Stidham. Who, but who, who do we target? Who do we need? I like, I like the fit of Carr, dude. I really do. Like, I'm not sure if the Raiders would give him up. Unless they know that they're getting something back, but I really like that fit. Kind of fits like the mold of like the type of guy Bill wants, but then also a little modern dayness where he can scramble and do some things, but he can still stand in there and take a hit or two. I like that. I w- I mean I wouldn't mind Mariota. I know like he hasn't kind of lived up to that number two pick, but. Do you think Bill gets a veteran, or does he draft someone? Um, Cause I would love to hear your take on this, because I this is my take. I think he gets a veteran, because I don't think Bill Belichick's going to be in the head coaching position for long. He's not going to be here any longer past, say, two more years, in my opinion. I think he doesn't want to reteach someone. I think he just wants yeah, to bring someone I, in. Yeah, I can awesome. agree. I can agree to that. I'm not, I mean, like, I don't know if I'd put, like, the two-year, like, window on him, but, like... I get what you mean where you don't know how many years he does have left here, so he's not going to really want to go through the growing pains of molding a new franchise guy when he knows he could get a guy who's been established and 
knows what the NFL is all about. So, like, Derek Carr, to me, dude, is the guy. Like, that would be my number one target. I like Mariota, sure, as I said. Um... I'm not I'm not for drafting a QB in the first round at all. Like stay away from Max, stay away from Trask. I don't like any of these guys. I've been yeah, dropped. I mean, besides like it's like Lawrence and then I don't I don't hate Fields, I don't hate Wilson, I don't hate Lance, but like after the after that there's like a big drop off to me. And I don't I just don't even think that even with the Pats picking at 15, that they would have a chance to get any of those guys. And he, All right, so, yeah, here's the thing, right? You know, say they do draft one of those guys. I mean, who is he thrown to, you know? and they, It's not like you can have them as they, they look they, – they're, they're coming into a system that isn't going to make them look like studs. Yeah, we have absolutely no skill positions. So, so when it comes to the draft – I mean, personally, like, the way I look at the Patriots and the way I think they should go about the draft is we have all this cap space, and we damn well know we can't draft a skill position player to save us. And it's been proven in the last, what, like six years? Decade. Yeah, sure, since Gronk. Yep. So, in that sense, use all the money that you have on the offense, and then use all those draft picks on defensive guys. Get young on the defense or younger, like you're not too too old besides like a couple bodies. But other than that, like just draft depth, draft speed. If you want to take an offensive guy here and there, like if it's the first round and there's no defensive guy you really like, but Kyle Pitts is there, dude, I'd do it. And then go defense, strictly defense. But it's got to be like one of those like rare airs for me where it's one of those top three receivers or Pitts is there. If not, like go go the defensive side of the ball for me. So um, usually with any team, I'd say don't spend money on the wide receiver position because I feel like if you have a good enough quarterback, he'll make the wide receiver. Um, the Patriots are. I'm gonna say they're gonna have to do the opposite because they don't they don't have that quarterback. So I say target Corey Davis, target Juju Smith. Um, if you do get Juju Smith, you damn hell is sure need a second guy with him. He he can't do it alone because the guys we had last year: Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird, Jules Daniel, play Gunner. <laughs> These guys they're they're not gonna make it. Um, the guy I want the Pats to target, you said Corey Davis, I like that. Juju, I don't mind. The guy I want them to target, Will Fuller. He can take the top off, but his hands are have been iffy the past couple of years. That's all right. If you got if you got Edelman going across the middle, you draft Pitts at fifteen, and then let's say you sign another like would you would Look. would you be okay with this, right? You have Edelman. He plays your slot. You have Corey Davis. You play him as like your mid-seam, however the heck you want to describe it, guy. And then you have Fuller as your take-the-top-off-the-defense type of guy. Oh, yeah, I'm loving it. And then in the first round, you draft Pitts. Then the whole offense is totally different. you got weapons to use. Yep. Plus, say you got a guy like Derek Carr. Damn, like, dude, you're right, you're right, right back. back. You're yeah. right back. Like, all those guys are serviceable at best. And then you have Damian Harris, who's a young running back, who 
should be the featured back going forward. He did nothing to like take that away from him. I like that a lot. And how much is it going to cost you to get those type of guys? So here's the thing. You just brought up the cost. I have a list of all these guys who are going to be free agents at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, just say yes or no, right? Okay. Allen Robinson. Yes. Godwin. Yes. Juju. Yes. Will Fuller. Yes. Galladay. Yes. Davis. Corey. Yes. Yes. Samuel. Curtis. Um. I say no. I'm gonna say yes if they use him correctly. Antonio Brown. No. Watkins. No. Hilton. Hmm. That seems like a Bill guy. Yeah. That's a Bill guy. I would like I see I would like TY if he was a second second wide receiver, I not agree. the not the first guy. I agree. Marvin Jones, which has also been linked to the Patriots for yes. some time now. Nelson Aguilar. No. John Ross. No. My boy AJ Green. Yes. Brashad Perriman. No. Fitz. Larry? Yep. No. Josh Reynolds. Mm-hmm. No. Keenan Cole and D.D. Westbrook. No and no. Rashard Higgins and Demarcus Robinson. Rashard Higgins, yes. Robinson, no. All right, so those are ba- those are the list of names we're working with here. And all those guys are pretty much going to cost you a pretty penny. Even guys like Nelson Aguilar, who just had a tremendous season with the Raiders. Uh, all those guys are going to cost you a pretty penny. You're going to have to spend a good chunk of the salary cap on at least two of these guys, in my opinion. Um, for quarterbacks, guys like Dak Prescott... Um, Mitchell Trubisky, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jacoby Brissett, Tyra Taylor, Andy Dolan, CJ Bethard, Joe Flacco, Mike Land, all these guys, they're they're either has-beens or lost projects. Do you take a risk on one of them? Um Is it weird to say I like Jameis? I kinda want Jameis. I was gonna say that would be like the one name I would take off that list. Like Dak, you're not gonna get. But other than that, like Jameis might be the guy I would go for. I, don't, uh, I, I like Dalton. I like don't hate Dalton, but I don't want him. I would kill for Jameis Winston. Yeah, I like that. I th- he would be like the one guy in that situation I would actually go for. I think the Patriots are in such a unique spot because we have the cap to do whatever we want. But Bill Belichick is such a stubborn guy. I don't think he'll ever go out and pick up. The, I can't see him going up picking out. Juju Smith and Corey Davis and getting Jameis Winston all in one offseason. That's just not him. He, he's I got, mean, hey, you never know, dude. Crazier things have happened and... He likes drafting and developing guys. He, he's, he does. He's got a thing for that. He does. But when you come to think about it, I don't think he wants to stay at 8-8. Eight and eight. Like He wants to be right back where he thinks he should be, which is in... The divisional rounds, the championship round, and then like the Super Bowl. So, in order to do that, the only way is you got to spend your money. I agree, but however, I think he. This is what I think is going to happen. Okay, I think he's going to trade for a quarterback. Say, Marcus Mariota, because that's the name you brought up this morning. That seems to be mm-hmm. in links with the Pats. And then I say he spends a little money on Marvin Jones, and then he gets Rashad Perriman. That just seems like the Patriot thing to do. Are you? Is that a success? No. Exactly. I, I, I just can't see Bill Belichick going out and saying, all right, we have the money, so I'm going to go on a shopping spree. I want this guy, this guy, and this guy. It's, it doesn't work like that. 
No, yeah, it really doesn't work like that, but it should. Like even with the tight ends we drafted last year, they didn't really contribute much at all. And it's not like their free agency is booming with tight ends right now with Hunter Henry and John Smith. Yeah, it's like Hunter Henry, John Smith, and Gronk, Gerald Everett. <laughs> it's uh, I, I, which is why I'm saying like for the first round, I think you got to target Pitts. I I would I would love for them to have Pitts on. If only they got the quarterback situation corrected. Because obviously quarterback comes first. If you do get a young guy, then you have to get Pitts. Because a tight end, in order for a quarterback to see, be successful in this league, you need a tight end. I agree. I think he should be – let me like rephrase what I said earlier. I think we should draft actually one of those guys in the first round. One of those offensive talents, Waddle, Smith. Chase, I mean, we have really no chance at any of those guys. Pitts, that's where I would go. Even like, even like a Bateman dude, I would be okay with at fifteen. You know, big body receiver that fits what the NFL is, I'd be okay with that too, as long as you know what you're gonna get. And this is kind of like the luxury, is that free agency is well before the draft. So when it comes to the draft, you're, you might have a lot of things figured out. And then at the draft, you're not going to really need to draft for so many needs because a lot of them have been filled with all the damn cap space that they have. It's just such a unique situation that Bill is in. And of course, we've never seen it before. Um, I think you're right. I, I think... No, I'm I'm sorry. I I'm, I take that back. I just think he's getting a veteran quarterback because I feel like the Jets are going to steal Justin Fields, the Redskins are going to take Mac Jones. Like all these guys are going to be gone. Bill's going to be left with like Trey Lancer and whoever's left, and I don't think he takes a risk on Trey Lancer. Oh, these guys. I think he just wants a solidified guy because like the Falcons also need a quarterback as well. If they're rumored to ship Matt Ryan out. Say they get Zach Wilson, that leaves you with Trey Lance and whoever is left. And I just can't see that happening. Well, I can't see happening. Would is, you take on Matt Ryan? Oh yes, dude. Give me Matt Ryan and uh, I don't have his con. Let me pull up his contract. It, it's I'm assuming it's a big, it's big money, right? Matt Ryan's. Yeah, so uh, he'd eat the salary yeah. cap. No idea. I'm not, it's got to be something pretty high. Matt Ryan in 2021 will make 23 million. That's actually not terrible. It's actually not terrible. You're right. And he's making 23 million the next year, and then 2023 he's actually making 28. You could work that out. I. You know what? If they do get Matt Ryan, I think once Matt Ryan leaves in 2024, I think that's when Bill calls it. Possibly. But then he eats up twenty three million of that salary cap. You still need weapons, or you could just draft him. The quarterback's pro- the hole in quarterback is so big that there's just no one on the market. And I think Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson are two fantasies that you and me are living in. There's no way the Patriots will ever no, get them. There's, there's no shot. And like as much as I would like love to see. Uh, it's 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 Sean here. It's not gonna work out. Absolutely no chance that we get him. 
zero chance. We don't have the weapons or the pieces to go after it, so we hope and praying of getting it is so little. Lastly, before we move on to the last Boston sports team we'll cover, for the New England Pats, Brett, where do you see them going next year? Playoffs or give me give me the record. Sheesh. Um, assuming they fix their problems. Assuming they fix their problems. You're in Vegas right now and you're you're setting the line. I would probably I'd probably just set the line at eight. Eight wins? Yeah. I don't really I forget what kind of like their schedule looks like off the top of my head, but I think, yeah, I would go eight because that's just middle of the pack. Like, I don't really know, and it kind of depends what they got and what they don't have. But, yeah, right now I'd probably, I'd probably take an eight spot and then hope that something miraculous happens and we can Hopefully they make team, a move back quarterback. Get this team better. Let's move on to the last team in Boston, the Boston Red Sox. That's the last team we're going to cover. This is a team that also had a dramatic um, season last year. The pitching was astounding, right, Brett? The pitching was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> um, this is a team that also kind of uh, lacked star power as Mookie Betts was shipped off to Los Angeles. Um, guys like Bogart's endeavors carried the team offensively along with Vasquez, but the pitching was so god awful that it really didn't even matter. <laughs> Brett, Red Sox actually did make some moves this offseason. Almost like a team like the Rays or the Oakland Athletics would make. It's kind of these small moving market team uh, moves with Marlon Gonzalez, Kiki Hernandez, Garrett Richards. Not flashy guys, but guys that can play. Um,. Do you think the Red Sox even have a slight chance of making the wild card? Oh, absolutely. I dude, I really like the moves. Like you really? said you said they're not flashy. Yeah, they're not flashy. But they fit like what the team is trying to do and kind of what modern baseball is. Modern baseball, dude, is all about versatility. You sign a guy like Kiki, you sign a guy like um who else? Marwin. Marwin can play first. Spell Dahlbeck a little bit when he has a strikeout rate of 50%. Um, Kiki can play center. He can spell you some some innings out there. You can throw Chavis in at second base. Like You have options. And I know the pitchings last year was none other than piss poor. But you're going to eventually get sale back in probably July. Yeah. You get Erod back, which is a big help. Yep. You uh, you kind of just throw like 2020 dude out the window. Like it was just so short of a season and It was really bad. There's a lot that went on. So, you look at the rotation. You got Evaldi, you got Erod. You got Garrett Richards, who you signed for a year. Yep. Who's honestly not terrible. He's he, not terrible. He can't stay healthy, which is a problem. But then you got these young guys. Oh, you saw Martin Perez back. Serviceable. He's literally a number five star. If you call it serviceable. 
He's a number five. And then you got these young guys like Pavetta, Tanner Houck, who I like. He pl- pitched really well at the end of the year. They think highly of Pavetta. If one of those guys hits, dude, like your rotation isn't terrible. And I kind of like the moves we did in the bullpen. And like, this goes for every bullpen yearly. Bullpens change so drastically year to year where you can have guys come out of nowhere and give you like a sub three ERA. So you don't really know what you're going to get. I mean, I, I do like the Ottavino move. I do like the Kiki Hernandez move because we're missing that utility guy who can play everywhere. Garrett Rich is also nice. I mean, they're all good moves. I just think they're not guys that can put us over the top because what we're really missing is bullpen, and we got one guy that can maybe change that, but we also have probably starting pitching considering Sale isn't going to pitch for half the year. And I, I still think that's a problem. If Martin Perez – say one of these guys got hurt and Martin Perez is called in to be our third starting guy, that's a huge problem. I'm looking now. We got Nick Sogard from did Tampa we? Bay. Yeah, we did. That's I actually got kind of like that move. Um, the offense was never the problem. It's just pitch, pitching has always been the problem. Even – even like on the Terry Francona and John Farrell teams, pitching was always kind of a need, especially bullpen wise. But see, like that's the thing. Think about the 2013 Sox. You don't know what the heck you're going to get out of that bullpen, and they became dynamic. So when it comes to that, it's like a bullpen is so hit or miss. Like, yeah, the Rays have this stud bullpen, and you know all those guys. But other than that, like, do you really know everyone's bullpen year in, year out? There's so many changes. So when it comes to stuff like that, like, I'm just optimistic about the bullpen because you don't know who's going to pop and who's not. Out of the bullpen, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's Mm -hmm. Um, I always mess up his first name. Is it Darwin Hernandez? Darwin's in. Darwin's in Hernandez. I really liked him last year. He's, just, he's a nice lefty dude out of the pen. Do we, we still have Brazier, right? Brian Brazier. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to make the team, but we have him. Matt Barnes and Josh Taylor. Mm-hmm. And then, so right, you have you have them, and then you have all these kind of unheralded guys that are on the are on the roster. Like we signed Matt Andres. Who's he's decent. He's probably going to be like the long reliever guy for the team. Um, you have guys like you said, Ottavino. Mm-hmm. Who else? That uh, what well, I don't know the guy's name that we signed. Austin Bryce. No, no, the guy from Japan. We uh, signed him. Suwarma. Uh, yeah, something like that. And then we have just like these young guys. So like Garrett Whitlock is a guy we got in the Rule 5 draft, and with the rules of the Rule 5 draft, he has to stay on the 40-man roster or he, like, gets sent back. So he's going to be in the bullpen. Yep. And he's a, he's like a... Uh, he's actually a nice He's like prospect. a three-quarter submarine type of guy. Mm. So that fits in the bullpen. It's all about who's different than each other. So in that sense, he could work. And then you never know. You have all these young guys in the minors and on this roster, like Valdez and whoever else, and you said Bryce. So there's options. You have options. It's kind of 
who takes advantage of their opportunity, honestly. As far as position players, I think we're in a good position. I mean, we got Malwin, Enrique, Devers, Bogarts, Verdugo, JD, Renfro. I mean, I, I mean, the top half of the order is obviously going to be Devers, Bogarts, JD, and that's honestly, yeah, that's listen, all you need. Listen, the top four in your order when you have Verdugo, Bogarts, Devers, and JD. You you can make five through nine work. Mm-hmm. Vasquez is nice. Dahlbeck can hit moonshots or strike out, and you don't know what else. Typical first baseman. Yeah, like he he could adjust. I don't know. He only played a month, and then you have guys like you said, like Marwin, who's been around the business for a while now. Kike, who we've seen him hit massive home runs in massive spots. Yep. Renfro's not terrible either. No, he's not. The guy we got from the Royals for Benintendi. Frenchie. Frenchie. I've seen videos of him hitting tank jobs. Like We also have Chavis, too. And Chavis. Like, so think about all those guys. What's the thing that they, they can do? Hit the shit out of home runs. Yeah. So, like, you're going you're gonna to get... Like, the bottom half of the order might strike out a lot. But other than that, like you might hit some absolute moonshots coming with it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I do like the Red Sox. I just don't know because the top half of the American League is so stacked. I mean, obviously the Yankees, the Rays have kind of built themselves to be a contender. Um, the Astros are always the Astros. They still have players on players, even though without Springer. Um. Yeah, but then you got teams like the White Sox. And the you have got you have teams like the White Sox coming up, uh, the Blue Jays now. It, it's a, the American League isn't what it is anymore. It's it's starting to be a legit. It it's almost almost to the on par with the National League. I think I do think that the Sox got a chance at the wild card. You you assume the Yankees win the AL East. The White Sox are kind of, to me, in a class of their own in the Central. I think the Twins got a little worse, and the White Sox have just continued to get better and better. And then the West, it's the A's versus the Strohs. You pick one of those teams. Even the Angels. I mean, they kind of made some moves. Come on, their opening day starter is going to be Dylan Bundy. I'm sorry. I, you you got Trout in there. I, I got at least <laughs> no. I know you're Trout and Rendon, so anything's possible with those two. But I don't. I don't hate the roster. Well, how, how many how many spots in the playoffs? Six, right? Three division win. No, five. Five. Five Three division winners and the two wild cards. So let's say the Yankees, White Sox, and Astros are the division winners. Okay. Who are your two wildcard teams? Do you think the Red Sox are better than? I would probably put. Um, I think I'd put the A's just because they've kind of come to just winning ninety-five games out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah, and then whoever like the hell is it's the, the, the second team in the AL East? It's the Rays. But like they lost a lot of pieces. I don't know, but the, the Rays, man. <laughs> Come on, like you lose Snell, you lose Morton. Yeah, but they don't just make those moves for nothing. You know them. No, I know. Like they're just gonna come out and pull this guy out of the minors who throws a hundred. But 
I don't know. Like the Rays are so up in the air. They could they could be good, or they just could absolutely be terrible. Blue Jays. It's kind of the same as the Red Sox. It depends on the pitching. Like I like the offense, but after Ryu, it's a bunch of like question marks. You got Mats. You don't know what you're gonna get out of him. Pearson's only a rookie. Tanner Roark is like your number five. And, we got Robbie Ray. And Robbie Ray, who's been moved multiple times throughout his career. So those are question marks. But like the offense is going to hit. Yeah. Like you're going to mash. So it's the same thing as the Sox when I look at them. I'm looking at their roster right now, the Blue Jays. And it's kind of a it's kind of kick-ass roster. You got Vlads, Semyon. I forgot about that. They still have Biggio's kid in there. They got Bichette's kid in there. Um, Guriel, who's actually become a real stud for them as a late. Then they have Springer and um, oh my guy's last Tee name. Oscar. No. Oh, Bridget. Yep. And Tee Oscar, yes, who was a three hundred hitter last year. They got a really nice. Nah, yeah, roster. dude, I'm telling you, they can mash. Yes, and they have Kirby Yates as their closer, but their relief pitching is kind of iffy. All they have is Tyler Chatwood. Same thing as the Sox, dude. I'm telling you. It all comes down to the pitching. If you pitch well, you're going to win games because you know you're going to hit. All right, hold on. Let me, let me look at the Rays now because I honestly think maybe the Blue Jays are better than the Rays. Maybe I'm giving the Rays too much credit. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has a roster that consists of Tyler Glass now, Ryan Yarbrough, Michael Walker, Chris Archer, and Rich Hill. That's a solid five. Yeah, it's decent, but it's not It's not Snell, Glass now, Morton, and uh, whoever else they were rolling out there. No, but it's also better than Erod, Perez. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We, we know about their relief pitching. Absolutely stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to get into that. Nick Anderson, Fairbanks, Castillo, and Yeah, everyone, everyone throws yeah. 100. Yeah. Uh, With gross movement. Catcher, they got Mejia, Zunino, Juman Choi, first base, Brandon Lowe, who's also really good. Joey Wendell, who's playable. Willie Adamas, my boy, who's just a fielder. Rosarena, your boy. Kira Meyer, who can't hit. And Margot, uh, Emmanuel Margot, who hits moonshots. And then they got Meadows. I honestly think the Blue Jays have a better roster than the Rays do. But then again, the Rays just, you know, they yeah, come they out of nowhere. Way, they find ways to win. So I, I I think you're right. Whoever is that second, there's going to be two at least A-least teams in the wild card, or in, mm-hmm. in the playoffs. I mean, there could be three. Like, you don't know. The Astros are without Verlander the whole year. So you got Grinky and then, like, Valdez, Javier, McCullers, it's not terrible. Yeah. I think that's the overarching theme for every AL East team that's not the Yankees or White Sox is who's going to pitch the best. You have the offense. Even like the Twins, they have the offense too. Can they pitch? So there's going to be all these teams kind of log jam together. The Rays, the Jays, the Sox, Twins, Astros, and A's. You got to – if you pitch well, you're going you're gonna to make it. Lastly – I just want to bring up real quick, Alex Cora is back for the Red Sox for this 2021 season. Brett, do you have confidence in them? Bring uh, what he brings to the table? Yeah, I think you saw it firsthand the first time he was around. Minus the cheating. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I do. I mean, 
Core is great, dude. He does he does everything right. I don't hate like the lineups he puts out there. I think he manages the bullpen pretty well, not overusing anyone. It's going to kind of be different now for him without an established guy like Kimbrell in the back end that you know you can go to. So it's going to take a little bit of time to figure out the how you slot your bullpen, but I think he's going to use Verdugo the same way he did Mookie, and I don't, like, Verdugo ain't even on, like, the closest level to what Mookie Betts is. It's not even, like, up for debate. But when I'm, what I mean by that is I think you're going to see Verdugo endeavors 1-2, and then Bogarts and JD 3-4, and then mismatch the rest of the way. Yeah. Some nights you're going to see Dahl back in the five spot, Vasquez, Frenchy, or Franchi, whatever his name is. Um, Renfro. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of opportunity to hit in the back half of the order. And then like there's still the question is Jackie Bradley coming back to this team? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's like a real yeah, possibility. Yeah, I know. Is his defense worth his bat, though? That's the question every Red Sox fan asks themselves. I say no. Yeah, it's a no for me, too. But, like, uh, I mean, I love the defense. It's great. It saves a lot of runs, but I can't do the 220. If I get – look, if I'm – if you're sending out there without Bradley – Verdugo in center, and you're mixing and matching Renfro, Frenchie, like, Kike, yeah. even Marwin, like out and left. Or right. Or right, like Chavis played a little left last year. It's five bodies. They dude. can find they Five can find bodies someone. for three spots. Yeah. Verdugo's going to be the one constant out there every night. I think those guys can give you better than 220. <laughs> like, that's just the way I look at it. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you're maybe for the GM, you're like, hey, since we don't have a really strong pitching rotation, maybe we do have to bring back. That, that's that's runs. the way I kind of look at it too. Is okay if we don't have these stud arms here. A way for us to save runs is just have an elite defense, and if you bring back Jackie. You throw him in center, obviously. You move Verdugo back to right. Verdugo's really good out there. That's You close off right field and center. You know you're going to get great defensive play there. Bogarts is average at best at shortstop. Devers is... It doesn't matter. His bat, his bat brings yeah. me a lot of runs. I don't care. Devers is below average at third. I like it. His bat but also like, brings me in runs. Exactly. So that's fine. Kiki's totally fine in center. Serviceable. Or, I mean, in, at second. Yep. First base is first base. You can work with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's left field, and you play in Fenway Park. If you have a terrible defensive left fielder, you do one of two things. You stick him on the cusp of the grass and dirt in left field, so you know if you're going back, that ball is hitting the wall or it's going over the wall. Any other time, you should be coming in on the ball. Or you play him mad shallow, and you just strictly go back on the ball. Play against the ball, yeah. Yeah, so 
I think that's the way you could do it is kind of use defensive alignment to your advantage if you have, especially in left, if you have guys in center and right who you know are going to go and track down every ball that they see. Brett Maloney, the voice of reason, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Brett, thank you for joining me for a second time on Mitch Media. This has actually been a great banter back and forth for two <laughs> you, weeks in a row. me as like a, a – like a Boston correspondent. It's mostly just my heart. You're, you're from Boston. You're from Mass. I'm from Rhode Island, so I'm not that too much of a homie, unlike you are. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next uh, week after that. We're doing it bi-weekly. Um, everyone stay safe during the pandemic, and have a great Thursday. Goodbye.